0: Well, thank you, Jerry, and uh, worship team for leading us in worship. Thankful for all of you participating in, in our time together in worship. Sometimes you need some of those older songs with those lyrics to communicate some truths that, uh, that we need to think about, and so I'm, I appreciate uh, all of you participating in that. Today we begin a new series uh, where for the next today and the four Sundays that will follow, uh, we're going to be talking about Doubt, Grief, Anxiety, and Depression, uh, and I want to say, say that another way, we're going to talk about our spiritual health, uh, we're going to talk about our mental health, and we're going to talk about our emotional health. And we're going to create space to talk about those things for the next five weeks together. And the reason we're doing that is because these things need to be talked about. Um, and more directly, I would even say they need to be talked about in church, uh, where all too often they are not talked about, or even sometimes they're just outright avoided um, and so here's, here's kind of why as we think about this today and kind of begin, I, w- I want to just set this up a little bit. Did you know that right now in our country, the fastest growing religious group is made up of a group of people that are known as the nuns, The not N-U-N-S, the N-O-N-E-S, the nuns. The nuns are people that when when they're asked to identify what their religious affiliation is, their answer of all the religions that they might choose is none. It's the fastest growing group in our country right now. They don't identify with faith at all. And And so many of you know this, of course, because there are people in your life, your family, your friends, that maybe at once upon a time had faith, but have seen that faith sort of slowly fade away. Uh, for one reason or another. And it happens for a lot of different reasons, to be sure. But one primary reason is because of one of the things we're going to talk about next week, doubt. And people wrestling with doubt and not being able to get answers to the questions that they have in their wrestling and their discernment about who God is and what's going on in the world and why things happen, certain things happen a certain way. And so that's one primary reason that that group of people continues to grow in our country. And so one of the reasons we're doing this series is because I want to equip us to be able to engage our friends, our family members, our neighbors in honest and sincere conversations about questions that they may have instead of dismissing them, which all too often happens. Not saying that you do that, but it often happens. Another thing I want to propose to you, did you know that mental illness and substance use disorders are involved currently in one out of every eight emergency department visits by U.S. adults? Did you know that mood disorders are the common cause of hospitalization for all people in the U.S. under the age of 45? Did you know that suicide is the second leading cause of death among those in the age ranges of 10 to 34 in our nation right now? Did you know that depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide, right? And those are sort of heavy statistics that I'm throwing out at you right here at the beginning of the sermon. You're like, lighten up a little bit, Doug. I promise it's going to get better as the sermon goes on, but I want to start with that so we sort of set the table for why we're talking about this, why we're spending time thinking about these topics, because these are just a few statistics, right, that I I could have shared others, but these are just a few that really are kind of designed to help make the point that all of us in different ways, in one way or another, have experienced or we know someone that has experienced things like doubt and grief and anxiety and depression. These mental health, spiritual health, emotional health challenges uh, are real. And they were already on the rise in our country. And then 2020 hit ha- happened and COVID hit. And, and those numbers have just continued to increase since 2020. Fred Rogers of the famous TV show once said this, and I love this quote. He said, anything that's human is mentionable and anything mentionable can be more manageable what I think he's saying is that our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions are all a part of who we are as humans. They are all part of the human experience. And so when we talk about these things, what the the design, the desire is that they become less overwhelming and less scary. And a lot of times, if sometimes we think, and this is just a human reaction, we think if I talk about it, it's going to get worse. And that's not the case at all. It's actually going to help. It's going to be less overwhelming and less scary. So we're going to talk about this stuff over the next few weeks. And and, and I decided to just do a shorter series uh, to see how it goes. There are other topics that I could have chosen. Uh, if it goes well, we may you know revisit something like this in the future and talk about some other things. But over the next few weeks, we're going to hear, starting next week, you're going to hear some testimonies that are going to be shared that some of our people here in our body that have been Courageous enough and willing to share part of their story You're going to hear some testimonies from people about their journey with doubt and grief and anxiety and depression And we're going to create some space to have honest conversations And my hope and my prayer has been that this series will be a resource and encouragement to each of us in our journey And I want to mention again one piece of this series that's that's really going to be important starting next week After worship, uh, we're going to have this panel discussion that I've referenced and so I want to encourage you to please make t- plans to, to attend and stay for class if you're here. We're going to attempt to live stream that if, if, uh, if, if that if we can get all that kind of arranged and lined up. I have people lined up, some who are a part of our body, some who are from outside our church family uh, that are going to provide some opportunity for us to do a little bit deeper dive. I'm going to kind of stay in my lane and, and preach scripture during the sermon and then uh, during that panel discussion, we're going to do a little deeper dive. You'll have a chance to text in and ask questions, uh, and and I promise that you'll be encouraged by what's shared, and you're going to be enriched by the things that people who I've invited to, to be on that panel have to say. And so I know that some of you, it's not your pattern, your habit to stay for class. I'm not judging you. There's no judgment in that statement. I'm just acknowledging it, and I'm saying to you that I'm just telling you, if you don't stay for the four weeks the four last weeks of this series you're going to miss out a significant part of this series. I'm not going to be the best part of this series that panel is going to be the best part of the series and so please stay for that and make plans to be a part of that so that's sort of the intro I want to share I want to pray for us before we jump in to scripture this morning and so let's pray again as we begin Father we we are thankful uh, that you you hide us in your love and that you invite us to to give our cares and our burdens to you, that you invite us into relationship with you, one that is not bound by by rules, but is bound by your overwhelming and unmatched love. And Father, today, as we begin this conversation, as we begin to think about these important topics and focus our hearts on the reality that stirs up in our lives of feeling at times overwhelmed, burdened, wearied, I pray that you will fix our eyes on Christ, that you'll fix our eyes on the hope that we have because of Jesus. I pray that you'll give us ears to hear and eyes to see all that you want us to hear and see this morning as we study your word together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start this series by kind of talking about why we need a series like this. And I want to, to do that, I want to start at the very beginning in the first book of the Bible in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter two, this is what it says. It says, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. We're told here that God, when God formed Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed life into him, he became a living being. Some translations may say a living soul, which I kind of like a little better, actually. That word being or soul does not refer to some immaterial, non-physical spirit. When we think of a spirit, we usually don't think of a bodied person, a bodied being, right? That's not what that word means. But rather, it, it, it refers to something that is more like your entire being, who you are, what makes you, you. When the Jewish people would pray the Shema, found in Deuteronomy, they would pray these words, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, there's that word, and with all your strength. What they're saying when they say this is that they want to love God with all of their being, their very being, their breath, that breath that God breathed into Adam and breathed into us. They want to love God with that very thing. Our souls are linked to our bodies, our hearts, and our minds. In fact, you might find it interesting to know that the root word of the word psychology is psyche, and in the New Testament that the Greek word for the word psyche is suke. And the reason that that's important is that that word actually means soul or spirit. So think about it this way, thinking about Genesis 2 and God breathing that breath into Adam and he becomes a living soul, a living being. What the Bible says is that you are a living soul. The people that you care about are living souls, that you and I are made in the image of God. God breathed God's life into you to make you who you are today. And if we're made in the image of God and we bear God's image, then it means that our souls are connected to God in a way that is not able to be untangled, right? It's impossible to untangle it. Our, we're linked to God because we have God's breath in us. And I think that sort of changes the way you think about who you are and who the people in your life are, especially as we think about experience all the experiences that we have as human beings. We're made in God's image and we bear God's image. We carry around in our bodies this breath of God. That means we're linked to God. And the reason I think all of that matters and one of the reasons that we're doing this series is that I want you to understand that when we are talking about things like doubt and grief and anxiety and depression, that what we're actually doing, if we believe that God's breath has been breathed into us, that you are a living soul, a living being, That what we're actually doing as we talk about these things, as we attempt to help them become less overwhelming and less scary, both for ourselves and as we become equipped to engage people in our lives in meaningful relationship and conversation, what we're actually doing in a study like this is we're doing soul care. You're tending to your soul. You're tending to your being, to the breath that God breathed into you. Right? And so I want to start today by acknowledging that. But I want to look at this passage that Jerry referenced earlier in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus makes several invitations during his ministry. He invites people uh, to follow him. Uh, Jesus invites people to evaluate their own lives and to think about some of the choices that they're making. One, on one occasion, Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus's house. He says, I'm coming to your... I was always told you're not supposed to invite yourself anywhere, but I'm not going to correct Jesus. But he invited himself somewhere, right? But of all the invitations that Jesus extends, I think none of them might be more important than this one in Matthew chapter 11, more welcoming, more encouraging than this invitation. Listen to what he says in Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest For your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now you can leave that up there for just a second because I want us to kind of reflect on this, meditate on this for just a minute. To you and to me, this statement might not seem all that radical, might not seem all that out there, crazy. But what Jesus was saying was so significant for them, right? Because think about what you might or might not know about a yoke. A yoke is something like wooden type harness, right, that would go over the neck of an animal. And often would be attached. Attach them to another animal, and it, and it would be then be attached to a plow or a cart of some kind. It would it would be a, used to help this animal carry some kind of a load, right? And they would pull. And these yokes were heavy. They were wooden, and it was their load to bear. That was the animal's load to bear. So the reason that this is significant is that when the Pharisees in this day would teach the people, they would use this language. And they would say in the same way that the animals use a yoke to carry their load, and it goes around their neck, and it's their load to bear, so you, Jews, you have the yoke of the Torah, the Old Testament law. And the Jewish law, with all its requirements, all of its commandments, all of its laws, that was their load to carry. That was their yoke to bear. And so part of what Jesus is doing, and the reason it's so significant, is that he steps into that world and he says, the Pharisees had it wrong. And that's part of the reason they eventually wanted to get him killed, right? They want to kill him because he keeps saying that they didn't quite understand. He understands and he per- appreciates how, f- how fervently they pursue God in their righteousness, but they have some things wrong. And this is one of those things that they have wrong. He says, the Pharisees have it wrong. They've weighed you down and have you thinking that you have to be nearly perfect following all of God's laws in order to be loved by God, in order to receive what God has to offer you. But I have come to give you rest. I've come to give you rest from all of the trying and attempting and all the worry, all the grief, all the pain that you carry, all the trauma that you've experienced. I have come to lead people not in an oppressive way, but as a leader who serves and who leads with gentleness and with humility and with love. And of course this would have been attractive to these original hearers of this invitation. Right? This yoke that Jesus invites them and us to take on, he says is light and is easy to bear because it's rooted in a different place. Jesus takes this language that would have been familiar to them. And he says I'm giving you, I'm offering a different kind of yoke. The only thing you know about what a yoke is is that it's heavy. And then it's designed to, you know, to be used to pull a load. But the kind of yoke that I'm offering you is different than that. You can't keep the law perfectly. You will not be perfect. So I have come to become the law, Jesus is saying, so that what you get in return is righteousness. Jesus fulfills the law, and then we, in turn, get God's righteousness as a result so that you can actually find rest. You can find suke for your soul. You can find that rest that your your soul is desiring, your spirit is desiring. that, That part of your being that feels like it's unsatisfied is the part that Jesus came to satisfy. Jesus offers the ultimate invitation. And one reason I want us to look at this invitation in Matthew chapter 11 is because when it comes to topics like doubt and grief and anxiety and depression, many of you know, right, there is this sort of stigma that exists, I think really a false message, honestly, that exists, that's developed over the years. It's not any one particular person's fault or probably didn't start, I don't know, in one place that anybody can pinpoint, but it's just kind of evolved over the years. And that message is that somehow, if someone experiences, if you have faith and then you wrestle with your faith and you have questions or doubts, that somehow you should feel ashamed about that. Or if you go through grief or you experience anxiety or depression, that you should feel wrong about yourself almost embarrassed because you've experienced something or gone through something or are dealing with something. And sometimes this false message, what's happened over the years, is that this false message will lead people to say things, hurtful things, that dismiss the way someone is actually feeling, right? If you have doubts or if you're on a grief journey or you have anxiety, you're dealing with depression, well, the false message is, somehow something is wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. And it might be worse, even worse sometimes the message becomes it might be your fault, actually. And I want to start, I'll say more about this in future weeks, but I want to start this series by saying clearly today as we begin that it is not wrong to experience these things as a part of being a human being. It is not wrong to have doubts. It is not wrong to experience anxiety or depression or grief. It might mean that something is going on that is worth paying attention to, but there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with the people in our lives who might walk through these things. Simply dealing with something is not wrong in and of itself. Again, it might mean that help is needed, but that doesn't change the fact, church, does not change the fact that each and every person that has God's breath breathed into them, which is every human being, whether they recognize it or not, that is made, everybody's made in the image of God. Everybody receives that, that breath into their lungs that is the soul, who they, who they are. That's their spirit, right? Their, their being is what makes them them. And every single human being, whether they recognize it or not, has been ascribed unsurpassable worth by God because of that breath in their spirit. And Jesus said that when you and I are walking with him, when people choose to walk with him, he offers rest. It doesn't necessarily mean the load is going to go away. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's all going to feel immediately lighter, but that it's going to be lighter than it was before. Because we get to give Jesus the weight that we carry, and in return, what we take on is him. He's taken on the law. He's taken on the Old Testament, crucified that, and he has in in turn given us God's righteousness. And Jesus says, I can be trusted. Come to me and I will give you rest. And because of that rest, we have hope. And hope is such an incredible gift that we receive as a result of walking with Jesus. And I want to clarify that hope is not the same thing as optimism. It's not the same thing as being optimistic. Optimism is thinking positively about something, right? Hope is this deep trust in your spirit. Hope has an expectation with it. Optimism says something like, well, maybe it isn't so bad, right? That's positive thinking. Maybe it isn't so bad. That's being optimistic. Hope says, no, sometimes things are really bad. Your doubt might not ever go away. Your journey with grief might be longer than you expected it to be. The challenges that you face with anxiety or depression might hang around, but in the midst of those realities, hope provides this assurance that whatever you experience is not the end. There is something else that is coming. This is what hope does. It it is, is an assurance that what we experience in this life is not the end. Hope allows us to see beyond our current situation, our current struggle ahead to a tomb that is empty. And because the tomb is empty, Jesus has defeated all the enemies that threaten us in this life. It doesn't mean the threats go away. It doesn't mean they stop. It just means that Jesus has defeated them already. And that is what we call good news. Amen? So this is why we're talking about this. And it's where I want us to fix our eyes as we head into the next several weeks together on Christ. And so today, I want to ask you, I want to ask you a a favor. I want to ask that you, as we begin this journey over the next few weeks together, will you be praying? Praying that God will work among us? Praying that those who need to hear this conversation will hear them? Praying that we, as we journey, will, will fix our eyes on the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ? The thing about the world that we live in now is that we, you know, we live stream and, and record and post these things, these services, these sermons, these panel discussions on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page. And so they will live forever, I guess, until someone takes them down there. So we don't know. And it's not just about these next five weeks, right? There, there's a good chance that someone stumbles on it later. You remember as you go through something that there was a conversation that we had. I want to go back and listen to that. You share it with someone else six months, a year, two, year, three, I don't know. So down the road with someone else, right? So when you're praying those prayers, that's really, we're praying not only for these weeks, but also that God will continue to use this as a resource. And I want to say too that for some of you, as we talk about this stuff, man, this is going to land exactly where you are in life. You're like, I can't wait for that conversation. I can't wait for Doug to talk about that topic, whatever it might be in your life. And what I want to say to you, if that's you, is I wanna, we, we want to honor you. We want to honor your life, your journey, your experiences. And I hope, and I have been praying, I'm, I'm heading into this with a little bit of trepidation and wanting to, you don't wanna, you wanna be careful with your words, you wanna say the right things. And I want you to know you have been on my heart and my mind as we've prepared for this conversation. And my hope is that the sermons, the panel discussions, all of it will help you and will minister to you. And I also know that in this room and those who will watch later online might be like, this isn't for me, right? And, and, you know, I don't get it, I don't understand, why are we talking, we just go back and preach, you know, like you, you usually preach, Doug, why are we talking about this kind of stuff? And if that's you, my, my first word of encouragement to you would be to show up anyway, resist the urge to be too quick to dismiss the things we'll talk about, but also if it doesn't resonate with you, that's actually fine. I would invite you, though, to pay attention because there, there will certainly be some skills that you will learn as we walk forward in the weeks ahead, that you'll learn for yourself, that you're going to learn in your relationships with others. And so my encouragement would be to listen and to learn so that you'll be better equipped, so that you'll be better able to walk with someone else. And a big part of that will be staying for class and being a part of those panel discussions. Because remember, the, the statistics that I shared at the beginning, somebody that you know, somebody that you care about, has or is or will go through these things. And as we encounter friends and family that are experiencing, as we experience grief and doubt and anxiety and depression, what we want to be for each other is what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 6. He says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. This is what we want to do. This is really a big part of why we're doing what we're doing, right? You don't have to have experienced anxiety or depression or trauma or doubt or grief in order to walk alongside someone and climb down into the pit with them. You can listen. You can learn. You can engage in love in a relationship. You can let them know that you're there and that you want to help carry the burden. Ultimately, what we want is for this This series to be a resource in equipping us to do this very thing, equipping us to be to be burden carriers and not burden fixers. Sometimes I want to fix the problem, right? Instead of just my job is just to carry it. And so this is part of what this series is about: is equipping us to be burden carriers, equipping us to be ready to be God's people. I'm excited about the next month we'll, we'll spend together. Would you stand with me as we close this morning? I want to read the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll sing another song. If you have any prayer needs that you want to share, you can text those in. Uh, you can write those down, and we would love to pray for you not only today, uh, but in the week that is ahead. Let's pray this prayer that Christians have been praying for centuries together as we close. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And the church said, Amen.